First came Germany, then US President Joe Biden followed suit, announcing he'll also send powerful Western tanks to Ukraine. But within hours of those twin commitments from two world superpowers, Russian missiles rained over Kyiv. William B. Taylor is a former US ambassador to Ukraine and the vice president of the Russia and Europe departments at the US Institute of Peace. He joined me earlier. William B. Taylor, welcome to RM Breakfast. Glad to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Is this an act of retaliation from Russia? Are you anticipating more attacks? So this is a continuation of the Russian attacks uh, uh, on Ukraine. Um, hard to say what prompts any of these uh, these horrible attacks. They, they continue this cruel pattern of attacking civilian targets, uh, attacking uh, infrastructure that provides electricity, provides heat, provides water, uh, communications to civilian Ukrainians. Um, and we've seen this uh, in particular since October, where these these drone attacks, these cruise missile attacks, these ballistic missile attacks are focused on civilian targets, on Ukrainian civilians. They are killing civilians. Hard to say what prompts this, but uh, it's a continuing pattern. Russia views the sending of tanks as direct Western involvement in the conflict. Do you see this war extending beyond Ukraine's borders into other countries? I don't, Patricia, um, unless, of course, the Russians make another blunder, a horrible blunder, by attacking a NATO member. If the Russians attack a NATO member, uh, they will pay the severe consequences of that. This is a war of Russia against Ukraine. Ukraine is defending itself from an attack from Russia. The United States and the rest of NATO are trying to help Ukraine defend itself. We're providing weapons and a lot of other things, a lot of other assistance to enable the Ukrainians to defend themselves against this attack. So it need not expand. If the Russians expand it, we're ready. But I suppose the question is, will this provoke the Russians perhaps to extend it? It's a good question, um, but we've been asking ourselves, a lot of people have been asking themselves for months, will this be uh, provocative to the Russians? And who knows, Trisha, who knows? I mean, there, you know, we, we've had this kind of, kind of metaphor of a red line, and we think there's some red line out there that if we go across it, that the Russians will then respond. Well, I think we're realizing there is no red line that this is a bad metaphor, um, that that we should continue to provide the weapons to the Ukrainians to enable them to defend themselves. And those weapons have changed over time. They've increased in lethality and range and weight. They've increased in numbers. And that's in response to the attacks that the Russians are mounting against the Ukrainians. I think this business about uh, escalation the Russians are going to do what the Russians are going to do. We're going to support the Ukrainians um, as they defend their country and not only defend their country, they're going to push the Russians out of their country and we're going to help them. If we can step back to the actual announcement, until yesterday, the US had resisted Ukraine's calls for M1 Abrams. What's behind Joe Biden's reversal? Probably two things, Patricia, two things. One is... Uh, and this is what you hear from uh, our from the U.S. military, um, is that the nature of the war is about to change. Uh, that is, uh, the Russians 
have probably gotten as far as they can. They've got great difficulties right now within their military, and they've probably gotten as far into Ukraine as they can get or will get, and they're they're digging in. They're going to try to defend what they've grabbed. That means that on the Ukrainian side, they're about to go into a new phase, which requires new weapons, which requires main battle tanks, and that is a phase where the Ukrainians break through these Russian lines. The Ukrainians go on a counteroffensive against the Russians to push again, to break through the Russians, exploit that breakthrough, demoralize the Russians and drive the Russians out of their country. In order to do that breakthrough, to execute that breakthrough, um, the Ukrainians need tanks. So the first answer to your question about why now is that the, the nature of the war is uh, is about to change. <clears throat> the second answer to your question is the Germans and the Americans uh, and the Brits and the Poles and the rest of NATO have all tried to be in lockstep. They've all tried to do things together to maintain the solidarity. One of the big strengths um, that Ukraine enjoys is the solid support of NATO. And NATO has stuck together, but it's a defensive alliance and it only works when they all agree, all 30 or 32 nations agree. And so the the, the decision about providing main battle tanks has been a decision that has not been taken lightly, but that has now been agreed among all the NATO nations, but in particular, the Germans and the Americans um, have had very careful conversations and very lengthy conversations um, about this decision, and they decided to go together. That is, the Americans are going to send their Abrams tanks and the Germans are going to send their Leopards. Look, this came just two hours after Germany pledged its own uh, leopard tanks to Ukraine, what you were just mentioning there. Now, Washington and Berlin have denied the connection publicly, but surely it can't just be a coincidence. Probably not a coincidence. I think you're right. Like I say, these conversations about main battle tanks, decisions that that the Brits have made earlier, that the Poles were eager to to provide their Leopard tanks. These conversations have been going on for a long time. As we know, last week, um, in in the eighth round of of this uh, contact group of about 40 nations, more more than just NATO nations. So there are more nations than just NATO who get together. They've gotten together eight times in Ramstein, Germany, under the leadership of the United States. Secretary Austin, Secretary of Defense uh, Lloyd Austin, leads this uh, this group. And, and they got together for the eighth time, as I say, last week, and they talked about this question of main battle tanks. And, and at that time, they couldn't agree. There was no agreement coming out of last week's meeting. But that meeting um, set the stage for further conversations at very high levels um, uh, in the U.S. government and the German government. And that resulted over the last day or two um, in this in these two decisions. Um, and you ask if they're related. Of course, they're related. They demonstrate the strength of a united NATO. Many thanks for joining us and uh, explaining that complex story to our listeners. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Patricia. Good to be here. William B. Taylor is a former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine and the vice president, Russia and Europe at the U.S. Institute for Peace. And you're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.